0: Alright, welcome back, and I'm glad uh, we're here. So today I'm going to continue reading Tao Te Ching, uh, chapter 17, probably we will get through 17, 18, 19, uh, on the wangu.tartary.com website, with the translations of Weili and Lao, uh, looking, as I've have been doing this morning of the um correspondence correlation between the characters the original chinese characters and the english translations uh this is a really hard text to translate and um it's the rare translator (laughs) who um doesn't um doesn't embellish in their translation and um Uh, fall victim to some kind of narcissistic literary um, uh, grandstanding (laughs) narcissistic literary grandstanding uh whaley does that sometimes yes unfortunately and so uh, maybe i've been a little bit excessive in my appreciation of martha whaley's translation because uh, in some cases, particularly when we get to chapter 18, you'll see that um, <clears throat> he really embellishes um, and makes it quite distinct, quite different. The, the the English readout is quite different than the feeling of the Chinese original. So let's start. Uh, chapter 17, you will notice, if you're looking carefully, is similar in some ways to chapter 15. Chapter 15 uh, was talking about um, of old those that were the best officers of the court, or of old the ones who were well-versed in the Tao. This is a typical common Chinese literary um, act, or, um, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, (laughs) a maneuver, uh, where the text refers that that the the writer refers back to the ancient mythical sages uh, who embody the ideals that are being presented, and it's not said that I'm this way, but they were this way, and by pointing to they the the great sages of old in harmony with Thou, we are given uh, a. An understanding you know a description of what what harmony with Tao looks like from the outside (laughs) as best as one can know Lao Tzu like many Chinese writers are not saying I am this way but my teacher is this way or uh, those of ancient times were this way so we'll see that in chapter 17 so I'll go through the both translations Weili and Lao and then we'll uh, unpack it so Dao De Ching, chapter 17, Arthur Whaley's translation. Of the highest, the people merely know that such a one exists. The next, they draw near to and praise. The next, they shrink from, intimidated but revile. Truly, and there's a quote in here, it is by not believing people that you turn them into liars. But... From the sage it is so hard at any price to get a single word that when his task is accomplished his work done throughout the country everyone says it happened of its own accord (laughs) DC lao the best of all rulers is but a shadowy presence to his subjects next comes the ruler they love and praise next comes the one they fear next comes the one with whom they take liberties When there's not enough faith, there is a lack of good faith. Hesitant, he does not utter words lightly. When his task is accomplished and his work done, the people all say, it happened to us naturally. (laughs) So, we can see in the first section, uh, classification of the types of uh, people in a society. Highest, middle, low the highest people or ruler so again we can talk about we're talking about rulers or people officials or the way of the dao or the, or the sages in harmony with dao whether or not it's a political personality it's a human potential and of the highest human potential for the people or the masses they simply know that that one is uh, that people merely know such a one exists it's like mm, Satan <laughs> or God or the angels or the Confederation or um, those who are behind the throne on the negative side or those who uh, support the maintenance of free will and the evolution of souls on earth we just know that there are those uh, those beings, positive and negative, in this case we're talking about positive we all, we we know that such great beings are, but we have no no interaction with them. they're hidden behind the visible they're invisible uh, then comes the one and we're talking about a classification really from hidden uh transcendental virtue to visible apparent high virtue to uh, low virtue or no virtue uh, to the one that everybody uh, abuses. <laughs> so <clears throat> at the top, on a, on a continuum of virtue uh, or a moral continuum, the highest is, are invisible. And that's absolutely the case. The greatest teachers um, are not public. <laughs> because um there are certain uh, entanglements and distortions that simply come with with public working and there's much that is hindered by public working for those that um are really working at a level above 3D mind so then um the first, the highest that the people know in a moral continuum they may draw near to they may praise, they may love but, but again <laughs> don't forget there are those so there are great human teachers and spiritual leaders nearly all of them are not finished and um, have greater teachers above them then further down the moral continuum we have people that uh, that most folks don't like they are intimidated from, intimidated by, or fear of, but then hate. And that's, uh, you know, very common in the world today in terms of the peop- the masses and their views of politicians and leadership. People can say, A new alternative news folks, and uh, we ourselves may say, oh, the masses are such sheeple, they're such idiots, they just follow everything and they're manipulated and they don't think for themselves there's truth to that obviously but actually most people don't like their leaders (laughs) but they don't say anything about it and they don't understand it really and so they shrink from intimidated but they revile they may um, have fear but they also have some disdain and so then further down the list is uh, the one with whom they take liberties. And that was a fourth category for Lao, but not for Whaley. So again, they're all reading the text uh, in their own way. Uh, then there's the interesting line, it's by not believing people that you turn them into liars. Which Lao translates as when there's not enough faith, there's a lack of good faith. <laughs> so, Not having enough faith is a lack of good faith. Well, a lack of good faith obviously means not faith, right? So isn't that the same? Uh, But the idea that um, people are liars, we turn people into liars by not believing them, is, I don't know if I understand it. (laughs) And I don't know if it makes sense. Because I can't say I understand it, so I can't say I understand it doesn't make sense. It might not make sense. (laughs) It seems a little strange. There are people who lie. Uh, I didn't turn them into a liar. Meaning, they didn't. They made themselves a liar. If I if I ask you, uh, <clears throat> did you have lunch? And you just had lunch, and you say, "No, I didn't have lunch." Uh, whether I believe you or not, you're a liar, or you're lying. <laughs> that person is lying. Uh, whether I believe them or not. Um, but there is a very subtle principle, I think, somewhere in here that, um, how we look upon people is, um, is, uh, co-creates or establishes their identity. There is a, um, our, our attitude to people <clears throat> is formative to their to certainly our, our our sense of who they are obviously you know how we think of them forms our sense of their identity for us our view our opinion but it forms their opinion too or it it it, it it's associated with their opinion so the person who lies if we say you're a liar then in a way, um, there's an emphasis upon. Th- there may well be an exclusion of anything else. A person who lies, or when a uh, one when anyone lies, it's not the same as you're a liar. Meaning, we can say the person who lies is a liar. Okay, that's reasonable, right? The liar is the one who lies, but to say that they're a liar. <clears throat> seems to imply, although it doesn't have to be, but it often implies that's all you are. You're a liar and that's it. You're not a human being who's wounded and confused and damaged and tangled and distorted and weak. (laughs) Who's lying? Uh, So, by rigidly defining people, even realistically based on their behavior uh, the rigidity of the opinion or our our definition of them uh, helps shape um, the development of their identity for for themselves not simply how we see them but how they see themselves and how they'll act further there's something like that where um, there's an interplay between subject object or one and the other uh, of how we judge their behavior and how we therefore define their character and how they um receive that definition of their character and in some ways make accord with it so it's like New World Order Illuminati folks know that very well. If you treat people like animals or idiots, a whole bunch of them will conform to that expectation and live and act like animals and idiots, meaning they'll be unthinking, and rather sensual, physical, without much thought, thoughtlessly physical, desirous. If you treat them like dogs and you treat them like fools, a certain percentage of the population will conform with that definition and then become quite increasingly foolish and animalistic or or uh, sensual only thoughtlessly physically attached and desirous so there is something to that um by believing people you turn them all into honest people no <laughs> clearly and those that lie are called reasonably liars and those that are committed to lying are certainly well-defined as liars well i didn't do that (laughs) whether i believe them or not but there is an interplay and um we uh, people are in some ways we, we we commonly limit our understanding of people by our understand by by our opinions of people meaning our opinions are commonly limited Commonly our opinions of people are limited and sort of self-perpetuating and feedback to that other who internalizes, who commonly will internalize it and act upon it or act in conformity with um, how they're being seen. Uh, And there's more to a person commonly than how how we're currently seeing them meanwhile they may act in accord with how we're seeing them meanwhile there's a whole lot more to them than, than how we're seeing them uh, that they're currently conforming to <laughs> so it's a little complicated I'm not sure that Lao Tzu meant all that <clears throat> but um, and how in, the, how in the heck does that relate to uh, the, these these uh, classes of human beings on the moral continuum I don't know. I really don't know. That's why this stuff... Most Chinese people, nearly everybody that I've spoken to, Chinese person, about Dao De Ching will say, the first thing they say is, oh, that's very difficult. And the next point is, um, in parentheses, unspoken, so I never look at it. (laughs) That's very difficult in parentheses, so I never look at it. So I never have spent any time on it and I don't care. Meaning, <laughs> they just don't get into it normally, at least here in Taiwan, because it's too difficult. Fine, so it's difficult, and we're getting into it, and I I clearly don't understand it perfectly, and none of the translations are, are spotless, or excellent, or perfect at least. Um, <clears throat> so there's much that people would have to understand on their own if they wish. From the sage, it's so hard at any price to get a single word. Uh, he does not utter words lightly. We know that the the higher the being, usually, the less they speak. Um, but the point of the sage, and you see, these this chapter may be a composite also of of multiple writings or from other fragments put together. The point really at the end here is that the the sage is happy to be in the background. The greatest one is happy to remain uh, invisible in harmony with thou and not push himself forward uh, or push herself forward. And so um, he does his work or she, the he and she is very silly, the sage does his work um, invisibly and uh, when it's accomplished, people think they did it themselves. (laughs) It happened to us naturally. It happened of its own accord. I didn't do it. Yeah, it happened of its own accord, with facilitation by the invisible positive forces that you don't know. (laughs) And so, that's just like Earth Humanity and the Confederation Council, angels, and all the positive non-physical beings. They speak nil- they hardly ever meet. They don't appear. They don't land on the White House lawn. No, they don't. And um, we just hear thoughts of, you know, hidden masters, ascended masters, angelic hierarchies and the council and the confederation and the guardians. We only hear of them. Um, meanwhile, they're doing much, I presume. I assume. I I I know. And um because they're unseen when things happen people say it just happened. Oh, I don't know, it just happened. Uh not knowing that there are invisible actors and agents um that are facilitating many of the good things uh or all of the good things that are happening certainly at the planetary level. So um Let's go on. We'll see more of the character of the Dao Ren, the one of Dao. Now, in Chapter 18, um, this is where I um, got unhappy uh, with with Whaley. Uh, a very short chapter, um, where the translation, particularly of Whaley, which makes it sound like there were certain phrases that are used in the Chinese that they may not be. Um, in the translation, we see these new things um, that seem to be quite far from the original text. So, chapter 18, Arthur Whaley, then D.C. Lao, Da De Ching. It was when the Great Way declined that human kindness and morality arose, It was when intelligence and knowledge appeared that the great artifice or trickery began. It was when the six near ones were no longer at peace that there was talk of dutiful sons. Nor till fatherland was dark with strife did we hear of loyal slaves. (laughs) First of all, there's no term fatherland in the original and uh, even his uh, you know, his his capitalizing great way and great artifice is uh, questionable so let's go to D.C. Lao, when the great way which is Dao, that was the term it was Da Dao when Da Dao falls into disuse, then there are benevolence and rectitude when cleverness emerges, there is great hypocrisy. When the six relations are at variance, there are filial children. When the state is benighted, then there are loyal ministers. <laughs> and this is a true Tao, Taoist, um, uh, uh, you know, Tao philosophy, <laughs> the philosophy of yin yang if you when when supposedly good arises, it's because evil already exists. uh When evil exists is because there was some good. uh there's no when we can say um, he's basically putting it into the 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 setting that all this talk of virtue shows how much vice there is. <laughs> all this uh all all the uh, self uh, self grandiose uh, conceited pride of virtue is a sign of how much vice there is and so uh, it's when there's a big problem that all this talk of virtue and goodness and uh, and sanctity arises so the original text is Da Dao, meaning Great Dao. So Great Way, Fei, abolish or crippled. Uh, great Way or Great Dao crippled. Uh, there are hum- there's humane justice. <laughs> so Great Way crippled. Um, uh, Humane justice appears, likewise the second uh intelligent wisdom um, uh, put forth or it's really um departs <laughs> uh intelligent wisdom uh to go right wa to. i go i go uh intelligent wisdom departs um great fakery uh arises <laughs> so there was that like da dao this is uh da way da false big falsity big fake you're a big fake <laughs> there are a lot of human a lot of humans are a big fake most human leaders are a big fake da fei. Dafay, you're just a big fucking fake. That's the DFF, not BFF. So this is definitely a time of big fake. <laughs> so intelligent wisdom, uh, in wise intelligence departs. Uh, great fakery arrives. <laughs> then the next is uh, your chin means uh. The six intimates. It's basically like um, the six family relations, I think. Six intimates, uh, no more six intimates. Boo. Um, Six intimates uh, gone. (laughs) Harmony, uh, filial, you know, then then you basically have uh, filial compassion um, uh, appears or, or arises. Or uh, comes in, so the, the the point here in those the first three is that when something wonderful, the the appearance of all this human talk of virtue, the human talk, the talk uh, of human uh, human humane justice and righteousness, the talk of um, uh, filial uh, filial piety and. Uh, conformity with the rites and rituals and likewise um, loyal statesmen that's the last line uh, the country uh, family country um becomes uh, the, the twilight of um, twilight of one's home country in confusion disorder the disorderly confusion of one's home country um, then comes loyal loyal statesmen <laughs> so like uh you know safe spaces <laughs> right uh the arising of the politically correct uh phenomenon of safe spaces and political correctness, right, the appearance of political correctness and diversity, all that right, all those virtuous, wonderful, beneficent signs of progress. Uh, and um an enlightened society uh, for the taoist would be signs of, would be indications of how much moral decay already exists would be signs of profound moral decay um humane human virtue um the the trumpeting the social uh, elevation the um uh i again widespread um, widespread presentation of human virtue and those that claim to be of such virtue with all sorts of new names and phrases and uh, requirements uh, indicating such virtue are signs of profound moral decay. Straight up Taoism. And um, very applicable to the present time. So, when the Great Way falls into disuse, uh, Da Dao crippled. When Da Dao is crippled, then uh, Lao wrote here. Hey hey. Uh, benevolence and rectitude arise, or then there are. So it's it's the um the signs of moral decay are false and empty human virtue <laughs> false and empty human virtue it's it's like a, a truly virtuous person doesn't say i'm a true i'm a virtuous person they're seeking to be virtuous they're not saying i'm virtuous politicians who say i'm a, i'm a humble servant uh ah, whatever the 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 people want from me I felt it necessary to stay in power despite all these fake, you know, all these charges of, all these scurrilous charges against me. But I remain a servant of the state and a servant of the people. That's a sign of moral rot. So, you know, (laughs) uh, the trumpeting of um, false and empty human virtue is a sign of significant social moral degeneration. There's a very Taoist perspective that false yang, you know, the, the, the false arises or a, a false uh, virtue appears when true virtue is um, has been crippled. And so and this is a comment on the times of ancient China 2500 years ago, Lao Tzu's time when there was lots of talk of benevolence and rectitude. This is a backhand swipe at, at uh, deviant Confucianism. Not that all Confucianism is deviant, but there's deviant Confucianism, which is the adherence, you know, following empty, following empty form uh, form without substance uh, smile Uh, bullshit smiling lying you know (laughs) the the people who spend lots of money on cosmetic surgery and uh because they're in the public eye because they're on the camera so they whiten their teeth and they botox their cheeks and they buy expensive clothing and they're put forth by themselves and those behind them as signs of beauty and authority and those with whom we uh, in whom we may place trust (laughs) very similar and so the hypocrisy um, the hypocrisy of the current time the hypocrisy of 2500 years ago and maybe there is some connection between uh, uh, humanity circa 500 BC and humanity circa 2020 uh, here at the end Um, certainly internet does show us some kind of minor explosion of uh, philosophical intellectualism meaning there are more people talking and thinking with the internet than there were 50 years ago uh, akin to the explosion of philosophies east and west 2500 years ago it's an interesting connection but uh, all this talk of filial children and loyal ministers—that's what loyal slaves mean. So I mean, Whaley just just totally loses the loses the track of things by saying uh, "fatherland, dark with strife." Sounds like Nazi Germany. That's not what, <laughs> what was meant at all. I mean, the the original two words here are "guo guojia," uh, the st- the home of the state, right? <laughs> not the fatherland. So. Um, translators are very problematic. They do a great job in their translating that that they translate is great. How they translate is often very distorting. <laughs> the fatherland dark with strife. It sounds like uh, uh, twilight and not Nazi- twilight for the Fourth Reich or something. That's not what. <laughs> that's not the original. It's basically the home uh, state home. the the state or and the home of one state one's home state uh is in its twilight um or is fainting uh in 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 muddle-headed confusion um then we have this talk of loyal state loyal vassals and so it's just um an another application of the yin yang principle and so, um, what appears? Uh, we have a cute little. I have many birds recently here. There's a certain kind of very small, two-inch bird that's uh, yellow green, and they're just very cute. And they just they're sort of a dull yellow green, and they uh, come and go quickly. Uh, the uh, the false arises when the true subsides when the true ascends the false subsides Um, the false true or the (laughs) the false virtue arises when the true virtue has subsided invisibly and so society like today i mean it's basically the the empire of lies the universal age of deceit as orwell said the empire of lies which is really the matrix which is western civilization which talks about all sorts of virtuous things political correctness and safe spaces and diversity and freedom and democracy and liberalism the rule of law (laughs) the rule of whose law and then, meanwhile, nations don't even follow international law. So they talk about rule of law so that they cover the fact that they, they don't give a shit about international law. So lots of people paint, paint a pretty face because they're really ugly. And I'm not talking about visually, I'm talking about morally. So um, moral decay is commonly covered uh, and is indicated by the resurgence of what's essentially an empty virtue of uh, hollow virtue that's very much of the present time now, so this is a very important and interesting chapter eighteen Now go to nineteen um, another chapter associated with um, uh, about statecraft, the Taoist ruler. The conditions of a nation or, or a, uh, the, the national home uh, that uh, that may indicate to decline of virtue by the rise of false virtue and how to reestablish true virtue you know, from the Taoist perspective so first Weili then Lao Tao Te Ching chapter 19 Banish wisdom, discard knowledge, and the people will be benefited a hundredfold. Banish human kindness, discard morality, and the people will be dutiful and compassionate. Banish skill, discard profit, and thieves and robbers will disappear. If, when these three things are done, they find life too plain and unadorned, then let them have accessories, Give them simplicity to look at, the uncarved block to hold. It's not black, it's the uncarved block to hold. Give them selflessness and fewness of desires. Banish learning, and there'll be no more grieving. Now, again, (laughs) some autocratic, fascistic Chinese legalist rulers in later centuries uh, did things like this. I mean, it sounds like Pol Pot a little bit. Right? Sounds like communism. Uh, Kill the doctors and the intelligentsia and everybody goes to the farm. And um, so you can certainly say that that Mao Zedong communism and Pol Pot in Cambodia, the Khmer Rouge philosophy, uh, seems like some kind of distorted, fascistic, uh, Taoist... Mm, distorted Taoism distorted Taoist simplicity uh, anti-intellectualism it's really not anti-intellectual per se as far as I can tell I mean mr. Lao Tzu was a smart fellow who was uh, an administrator and (laughs) was a man of letters all right (laughs) I mean to be able to write this 81 chapters 2500 years ago the guy had a lot of wisdom had a lot of knowledge had a lot of skill, (laughs) had a lot of intelligence, uh, didn't discard the wise, he wasn't the blockhead, Uh, he wasn't fondling the uncarved block, um, you know, eating tubers, he wasn't a tuber eater, maybe he was, but he certainly was a man of letters too. So what is that? (laughs) Well, <clears throat> they're really talking about discard fake fakery and and um, hypocrisy and um, hollow false virtue and the the human repra- the the human uh, or distorted human replication, distorted human uh, imitation of Tao of virtue uh of um harmony uh all of that should be banished <laughs> banish um, confused wisdom and unhelpful knowledge uh <clears throat> and and uh people may may live in greater truth i mean again, this is a particular approach. And um, number one, I can't say I totally understand it. And I don't think, I don't, I've never met anybody who, I don't think anybody would say they totally understand it. And uh, there are many confused mis, misapplications of it, like Mao Zedong communism and uh, killing all the intellectuals and the doctors and the scholars and throwing everybody in prison and back to the labor camps in the countryside. Yeah, well that was pretty sick. That's called straight up serves the self. So meanwhile it could take root from this from what I think is a confused mm, distortion manipulation of some Taoist anti intellectual teaching, such as we see here. So let's go to Lao. Exterminate learning and there will be no long and there will no longer be worries. Exterminate the sage. Kill me, baby, kill me. Exterminate the sage. Discard the wise, and the people will benefit a hundredfold. Exterminate benevolence. Discard rectitude, and the people will again be filial. Exterminate ingenuity. Discard profit, and there will be no more thieves and bandits. These three, being false adornments, are not enough and the people must have something to which they can attach themselves. Exhibit the unadorned and embrace the uncarved block. Have little thought of self and as few desires as possible. So, (laughs) while in practice, uh, some aspects of this uh, are the way, are of spiritual path, Um, on spiritual path, or as far as I know, you know, what the hell do i know but as far as i know as one proceeds as a seven chakra mind body spirit complex beingness evolves through the dimensions on the path um increasingly uh, they become less self-centered <laughs> more transpersonal more uh expanded a greater expansion of of sensitivity beyond uh, self um, uh, self-referentiality self-referencing the, the focus becomes uh, ever less upon my body my feelings my, my thoughts my desires my joy and sorrow and upon uh, matters that are of, of, of the collective universal truth is not a personal possession uh world service <laughs> is a focus on the collective uh, understanding the path um, is of benefit to self and other uh, peering into the universal into the invisible into the multi-dimensional beyond the physical beyond the visible Uh, is surely much greater than than a personal than than a personal focus so yeah as one goes on the path one has in fact fewer thoughts uh, that could be called self-centered and a steady decrease of desire uh, ra said right the the crystallized healer has no will it's a self-willing desirousness that is decreased or gone so self will willful self-centered desires keep decreasing right one likes to do service or one likes to live in truth or one likes samadhi one likes non-distortion better than distortion and or one likes to be free of desires that's troops strictly you know very straightforward Buddhism and now people get re- repressive, you know, end up repressing the, their process and denying and avoiding and suppressing and all that. That's not the way to be free of desire. But some people, many people do that or we do that sometimes. But as one progresses on the path, um, desires decrease. Yeah, that's true. And so, uh, but there's a big difference between a, a natural renunciation and a forced Um, a forced stripping away uh, a forced relinquishment uh, leads to all sorts of troubles and complications it's like if the tooth falls falls out naturally it's great but when you yank it out with the pliers you're probably going to have trouble for a long time so what's unnecessary falls away by itself as Ra said as any at a higher level that it's it's well understood that beings progress when they're simply finished with lower levels and um, you cannot force progression like you can't pull on a a green shoot you know the dumb the silly farmer who pulls on pulls up his green shoots to get them taller (laughs) farmers are wise enough to not do that but likewise um the achievement of, of fewness of desires um, comes naturally, and if forced, um, takes longer. Uh, meanwhile, to say exterminate long learning, you know, uh, seems to be self, self undercutting. Right? This is a book for those who seek learning. It's it the 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 point here is the the uh, pith. Um, understanding is uh, avoid is uh, to recognize false adornments what's false what's unhelpful what's on un, um what is out of harmony with with tao what is uh what is forced or artificial or insincere or hollow or harmful certainly that ought to be relinquished or one um, shouldn't value that, <laughs> because you're hurting yourself. <clears throat> and so this was a, uh, this type of anti-intellectualism, though it was severely misused, it seems to me, by Mao and um, Pol Pot, and uh, communism today. Right? I mean, communism today, or globally, is very um, anti-bourgeois, right? So they're going to, get rid of this and that and the other class of educated, developed people and put in what? Put in their own scum, actually. <clears throat> I mean, they they basically deform society according to their own view of how to maintain control and keep the people weak and unable to resist. So it's a kind of uh, pseudo-benevolent fascism. <laughs> pseudo-benevolent um, socialism or communism or you can say that all those systems are pseudo benevolent or fascistic or author, you know, control control systems, social organizations of control. See now Skype is having a hard time talking too much this way. So <clears throat> let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah, this has happened this happens on Skype periodically, so don't worry don't worry about this guys uh, it comes and goes the recording continues. Too much um, hard edge, anti-human political. You don't have to name names, just name their systems is threatening enough to them. <laughs> now I have no internet connection. Comes and goes. So that's very cute. Uh, Skype is the one that does that. Skype has a sort of automatic block the internet function when uh, when people talk about talk against the Matrix too strongly. So uh, but this is a very um, controversial chapter, 19. And I surely do not <laughs> support um, communist um, social um, social uh, deformation. I mean the whole this whole thing i don't know about this you know what the fuck do i know about communism socialism and the policies of national leaders and this and that you know i just care about buddhism and and the the raw material so i'm not an expert on everything i'm not an expert on anything um but uh it looks to me like uh this is a uh, a strongly worded exhortation against um false human benevolence and false uh, or human human activity human pseudo benevolence uh, human development like learning and a sage and profit and skill um, and, uh, and all these things that are held as ideals for all, um, that are not, that, that indeed actually are not helping or lead to all sorts of strife. So basically what you've got is, um... Uh, learn, exterminate learning, exterminate the sage, <laughs> exterminate benevolence, exterminate ingenuity. Um, so what? Everybody is going to be stupid? Everybody is going to be working on the fields, living candlelight on dirt floors? Well, some human leaders want that. And some mm, people misinterpreted that, seem to think of that. And frankly, I don't know, because this text is a composite. <laughs> Did Lao Tzu, the guy who's talking about Taoist meditation, write this chapter 19? I don't know. Was this a later composite or or add-on by people who wanted to use this text to support authoritarian rulership? I don't know. Um, but it it's certainly talking about how the the application of the yin yang principle to social governance but also to an analysis of of uh, of any nation to a sociological analysis and uh, recommendations for governance (laughs) you you, the whole thing is you know to really understand things down here you have to really crawl in the dirt um, extensively it seems to me the dirt of um, the complexity of all these concepts and and this is why i really prefer to live out here <laughs> far away from the capital cities of the uh, empire of lies so uh <laughs> but for sure there is false wisdom there is false benevolence uh and then there is the effect of pushing certain ideals upon people, leading people to a distorted reaction against that. There's the blowback. Uh, certainly at this time in Chinese culture or the regions where this was uh, where this appeared, the Dao there was all sorts of top-down um, structuring Ideological structuring of society uh, associated with uh, what was called these these qualities of um, you know what, what was deemed to be learning and filial piety and um, the rites and the rituals and the development of of uh, guilds and groups uh, where certain Ideals were put forward uh, associated with, with various structurings of society uh, that were very much associated with control. And the, the purpose of this chapter on this type of, um, is it, antinomian, uh, anti against um, established norms, antinomian, tendency in Taoist, in Tao De Ching, is not to make more control. (laughs) The purpose is not for more control and domination. The purpose is to get rid of control and domination. Under the guise of these virtuous ways, I think this is a, a, it's an indictment of false virtue, false social ideals and ideologies that are of control, that are of enslavement, And lead people to go far from their original nature and getting rid of those would help people get back to a more honest and um, uh, harmonious way very much akin to Howard Storm's vision of the fourth density world to come where he saw that most people were living in small communities rural with no technology visible but all technology available (laughs) right they had little Little crystals that would uh, you know draw from the plenum, from uh, using zero-point energy, using Tesla principles, drawing from the infinite supply of, of power from light, uh, from the, the planetary energy continuum itself, to give them everything they needed. And meanwhile, they stayed in their own little villages, and the, and the main work was taking good care of children. And that may well be the future, uh, the first portion of fourth density um, in the future on Earth, or as we evolve, as the planet moves out of third density, goes to fourth density, the initial time may well look something like that, which looks something like the Taoist ideal, where there aren't hard, um, hard and fast social... Structures and requirements and demands associated with what he would call a false benevolence, or uh, unhelpful learning. You know, there's a big difference between banish wisdom versus exterminate learning. So you just see that these translators—they um, got <laughs> God bless them for translating. I wouldn't be here, or we wouldn't have it, if they didn't do their work. Meanwhile, once you look deep into it, there's a lot of problem. There's a lot of problems in the translations. Particularly the notion that... or the the matter that we see again and again where the two translations show... are, are are quite at variance. They're quite divergent. Banish wisdom, exterminate learning. That's not the same at all. If we understand learning as accumulation of facts and figures and discrete notions knowledge the accumulation of knowledge as learning it's not the same as wisdom at all but these guys i guess don't know that or i don't know something's so, something strange here so uh, but i guess he said banish wisdom and discard knowledge and the other guy just said exterminate learning well it's not true obviously that if you exterminate learning there'll be no longer be worries <laughs> it's not true that if you banish wisdom the people are benefited absolutely not But if it's false uh, wisdom or unhelpful learning, like um, the hyper complexity of of modern society, uh, people will not spend time learning multiple coding languages in fourth density, Uh, a whole lot of the mm, uh, body of human knowledge today. Will be completely discarded in fourth density. Because it doesn't serve wisdom, because it doesn't serve soul evolution, because it doesn't serve the purpose of life. <laughs> Much of human civilization doesn't serve the purpose of life; it serves a control structure, and it can, and it serves, um, you know, for a lot of people, the the whole entertainment land of uh, the the world, the magical kingdom, the the pseudo. The pseudo uh, fantasy realm the realm of, of entertainment is hugely a distraction far far more distractive distracting than educational or associated with soul evolution that's you know in general much 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 of the current culture will be discarded in fourth density it seems to me the essential the essential functions will be there. I mean, there's going to be, I don't know if you have heat in fourth density, so, I mean, you don't need an air conditioner, maybe. The temperature is always, uh, <laughs> lovely, um, in fourth density. But, uh, in many ways, you can consider that the ideal Taoist society is akin to the fourth density positive society of the future that's coming. Um, surely um, what is essential to human evolution will remain. What is inessential will be discarded. Uh, and so there, there are many ways to look at this chapter 19, and I think I'm going to end here for the day. There are many ways to look at it, aside from um, unwittingly serving fascist communists, or dictators who um, reinstitute uh, yet another control-based system uh, in line with a shallow reading of Chapter 19. Aside from that, uh, it's back to the same principles that we saw in the earlier chapter. That um, n- falsity, <laughs> falsity makes problems, and um holding holding demands upon people creates a, a blowback. Uh, if you take something too far, uh it guarantees that there's going to be a hard swing in the opposite direction. And so uh, the and the the very existence of um Uh, aggressively touted or enforced ideals is an indication of some kind of moral decay um, in the in such a system. Uh, the, the, these principles, frankly, I'm trying to figure out along the way. This is why I've always thought that you know Taoism is higher than Buddhism philosophically. Uh, I <laughs> there's a lot for me to learn here. And there are a lot of principles a lot of people who know about systems theory might know how might understand this better than me or understand this in some ways Uh, but um, while it surely can has been used by fascistic communist leaders legalist Chinese authoritarians to um, to dumb down the people um the greater intention here I, I would say, <laughs> in line with my thinking this is not a, a fascist Machiavellian document here, uh, is uh to remind people that what what the hum- what what human society values and um defines as virtuous and um benevolent and uh Ideal may not be. <laughs> That's it. And uh, there is that which serves uh, soul evolution, uh, and that which doesn't, and that which serves our long-term welfare and benefit, and that which doesn't. And much of what society values um, is an indication of uh, of significant moral. A vacuum in the society already and there's a difference between um, what I want and what I need and if everybody is encouraged to always have everything they want there may not be much understanding of what they need <laughs> and so proper valuation of desire and uh, a clear understanding of what's truly uh, necessary for our for our being for our well-being meanwhile there is an argument why shouldn't people have whatever the hell they want well they they go ahead you know have whatever you want and the result may well be that souls are recycling in third density far longer than um they might wish to <laughs> you can have what you want again and again and again and um, you also keep yourself cycling in third dimension with a lot more suffering you're signing up for that too you know it's not like it's bad to have what you want or it's bad to have certain things um, that you feel you like Uh, people feel they like this and that so they should have it right, I guess Um, I mean I do that, we all do that Meanwhile, it may or may not serve our long-term welfare and benefit. It may or may not be what we truly need as souls evolving. And there's much confusion about all that. So, (laughs) with all of that, uh, I think we'll end for today a little early, or not too early. And next time, pick it up at Chapter 20. But you can see how um, profound this is, or I see how profound it is. It's sort of uh, Taoist philosophy uh, uh of spiritualized system theory. <laughs> it's a systems Taoist systems theory. Uh, and I don't know about this stuff very well myself. I'm just <laughs> you know, I, I can read Buddhism and the Ramatura pretty well. But this is um another story about how um the existence of two The appearance of two shows the existence of one or the (laughs) the um, the interplay of the the dyads the poles of the points of a polarity um, are critical really uh, to navigating this life and continued development and there's much for me to learn I would think there's much for all of us to learn here So, with all that, I hope it's been helpful. Uh, Take good care of yourselves, and see you next week. Good night.